Concepts for Living. Welcome to Concepts for Living. Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. Concepts for Living can change your life today. Hi, welcome again to Concepts for Living. Biblical principles for contemporary living. Well, in this particular message, I'll be speaking from the theme, Breathe on us. Breathe on us. Breath of God, breathe. Stay tuned and be blessed. The post-resurrection period with Jesus' appearance was critical, critical to authenticate the truth of his resurrection. It was also critical from the standpoint of what was about to happen for the church. Because you see, those disciples or apostles represented the infant church. It was critical that Jesus would rise from the dead and then confirm it by his appearance. You know how we are. We're, we live in a sight-oriented world. Somebody says seeing is believing. Some folk will never believe till they see. But if they really become believers, then they believe to see. The post-resurrection appearances of Jesus, our risen Lord, was indeed required. It was required. He had to do it. He had to do it. He could have gone immediately back to the portals of heaven. But no, he was required to appear. Certainly, if no one else, the church needed it. I said the church needed it. The church needed it to the degree that they would know that he did what he said he would do. In three days, I'll rise again. So, he needed to do it for personal reaffirmation and confirmation. He also needed to do it to convince his doubting church. Sometimes the church doubts more than the world. The world doesn't know. But the church doubts what they're supposed to know. So he had to appear to address the question of doubts and fears. And then he was required to appear so that he might issue the Great Commission. And the Great Commission would be the empowering by the Holy Ghost of the church to fulfill his mission in the world. 
His leg of the journey is over. He's come. He's ministered. He's been crucified. He was buried. And he rose again. Now, he's getting ready to pass the baton. He's getting ready to put it into the hands of you and of me. He's getting ready to put it into the hands of the church to continue what he has started. And so I'm going to talk this morning around three things. I'm going to talk about the what, the why, and the wherefore of his appearance. Now, obviously, those of us who have spent this week in prayer, spent this week in God's presence, we should really be ending up coming in these doors this morning with expectancy. It's amazing how we can have profound experiences, but it does not heighten our expectancy. We should enter his gates with more than thanksgiving. We should enter his gates with more than just praise. We should enter his gates with a strong affirmation that what he said is so. Height Seymour, the great theologian, indicates that Jesus had ten appearances. His assignment was to fulfill ten appearances before ascending back to heaven. So those ten appearances of the risen Lord, how much more do we need to be convinced that he has done what he said? The fact is that he is alive. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. Whatever men may say. What an affirmation. So then we observe that Jesus appeared 10 times in 40 days. I said 40 days. Because when you read in chapter 1 of the Acts of the Apostles, you'll see that Jesus, after his passion or after his experience of crucifixion and, and burial and resurrection, he, he, he appeared 10 days. He's there. 10 times, excuse me, in 40 days. Ten times in 40 days. Ten times in 40 days. To those of you that are hooked on biblical numerology, 40 days. Don't you remember that when Jesus began his ministry? He was in the wilderness for 40 days and nights. Stay with me. 
And during that time that he's there, 40 days and 40 nights, he is being conditioned. He's being proven. He's being tested. He's being tried. So that he might fulfill his calling. I don't know if you've ever thought of it. Have you ever considered the fact that a lot of the stuff that you're going through is just your 40 days? Have you ever considered that all the disappointment, all the pain, all the abuse, all that you went through, can you, can, can you ever look at that as my 40 days? 40 days of being proven. 40 days of being tested, tried, and conditioned to fulfill your commission. We want to be overnight wonders. We want to be all that God wants us to be overnight. But our God is a processing God. Our God takes you through a process to condition you so that when you get started, you'll be able to finish. The three points of this message, the what, the why, and the wherefore of this breathing. These three questions will stress the implications of our faith. Breathe on us. Why? Because of their doubts and their fears. If God does nothing else in this word, I pray that he will rebuke your doubts and fears. There are those who don't even believe that God is able to heal. There are those that have their doubts about him being a way maker. There are those who have their doubts about his visit, even that you can have an audience with him. But when you know for yourself that as bad as you may feel, and as jacked up as you might be, you know that he has a way of moving in on you. And you know it's him because he shows you it's me. It's me. Look at my hands. You know the nails that went in my hands. I couldn't have been on the cross had they not nailed me there. Look at my hands. And look at my side. The nails in my hands was to keep me on the cross. But the wound in my side was open for you. There's a fountain open. When that soldier pierced his side, there was a fountain open. What he didn't know was he was trying to kill Jesus. But when he noticed that out of his side came blood and water. Come on, somebody. <laughs> oh, boy. I hope you can handle this. When your water breaks. In the birthing process. You got blood and water. 
Even though he was dying, he was facilitating a birthing place. When he showed himself to those fearful, doubting disciples. The Bible said when they saw his hands and they saw his side, they were glad. Is there any glad people in here this morning? He said he would rise. But when I saw his hands and his side, I was glad. Somebody ought to be glad this morning. Somebody ought to, somebody ought to be. I know you're sitting by somebody on that road, but, but, but if nobody else on your road feels what you feel, somebody here ought to be glad. I was glad when they said. I was glad when I saw his, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, 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 I can't look at that. Oh yeah, I remember those wounds. Oh, oh my God. No, no, no. I was glad when I saw the wounds. That's why it was necessary so that we could change our attitude because we as a church are so influenced by secularism, modernism, and polarization of our societies to the extent that the church itself is hiding with a locked door. When our doors ought to be open wide to receive all who will come. Whosoever will, let him come. But no, locked doors, fearing the enemy. What has made the Christian church impotent in our time is that we live with fears. Fears about what society will say. Fears about what our friends would say. Fears about our own abilities to fulfill our assignment. The church needs to be revived. We require another appearance. We require to see him again for ourselves. Hmm. Pent up apostles. Those who are supposed to be changing the world are being changed by it. To the extent that we will accommodate what the world requires more than what Christ requires. Some of the things that I'm saying right now may not give you a great shout, but it's the truth. And the truth may not make you shout, but it will set you free. We need freedom. Freedom from all of these anxieties and fears. Freedom from hopelessness. Freedom from the burden of doubt. 
Freedom to know that we have the capacity to be not just natural, but supernatural. Someone has put it this way. Fear is the most destructive force in the world. It is much easier to frighten people and more difficult to persuade them. We're living in this day. Fear causes people to draw back from situations. Fear causes people to find a place, even a place with others, so that you might have security. That only puts you in a state where you are able to personally feel like you are in control. But you're not. You're not. You're not because you see in the danger of trying to keep the enemy out. We're also keeping him out. But the thing that I love about him is that he refuses to let our barriers hinder him from coming to us. Jesus stood in the midst and he, and he was in the midst which meant that he was showing up inside. And we have to be careful because our attitudes of fear that's why, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's important. You remember Franklin D. Roosevelt, former president of the United States, made a statement once, and he said, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. I want to put a nail in the coffin of fear. I want us to reach to a place where we understand that with Jesus Christ on our side, there is nothing in the world to fear. But yet his disciples, this is not the world. He's not visiting the world. That's not his assignment. He's visiting us because it's our assignment to visit the world. It's our assignment to fulfill what he's left for us to do. He's not going to do everything. Listen to me. He's not going to do everything that you want. He's not going to do everything the way you want it. He's not going to always be the one. There's a point when you and I have to pick up responsibility for our leg of the journey. And our responsibility is to be the church of the living God. The church that is filled with the power of God and the church that has been commissioned by God. Well, I sincerely trust that you have been blessed, inspired, and breathed upon. Oh, breathe on us. Breath of God, fill us with life anew that we may live as thou didst live and 
do what Falcons do. So until next time, we shall come to you with more Concepts for Living, Biblical Principles for Contemporary Living. May God bless you and yours. Concepts for Living Concepts for Living Concepts for Living Can change